the Lord is my shepherd. And so if you look at this psalm, we've just been really going not only verse by verse, but word by word through Psalm 23. And the Bible says here, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. And it brings us to verse 6 tonight. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. And so tonight, our study focuses around the words, all the days of my life. And when I look at not only this passage, but other places in the Word of God, God does not divide our lives into decades or into months and not even into weeks. He divides our lives into what we call days. Each day, like I said this morning, is a gift from God. Every day is important. And when God created everything that is in this world, when it came to man, he divided man's existence into days. Uh, we believe in the the literal biblical account of how God created in six literal days, and of course on the seventh day he rested. And when we count our lives by years, understand that God counts our lives by days. When we ask somebody, how old are you? Usually they say, I'm this many years old, instead of this many days old. And yet God values every day, every day of our lives is so important, and as we think about the precious gift of life, I hope you've learned, since you've been saved, to be thankful for every day. I know some days are easier to be thankful for than others, but the Bible instructs us to be thankful in everything, give thanks for everything, uh, and we talked much this morning about this, how we should consider what we are to do for the Lord with our days. I hope that that's something that you wake up every morning thinking to yourself, Lord, what would you have me to do with this day? Uh, anybody ever experience, you get up in the morning, you have your day planned, and then God brings something into your day that you didn't have planned. And those are divine appointments God gives us. And I tell you, to me, I, I love those opportunities that God gives to us, and, and you never know what a day may bring. Uh, and that's why I love each and every day. Every day can be a challenge. But what happens sometimes, humanly speaking, is when we think about our lives, we become very self-centered. A lot of times it's all about our own interest instead of what is God's will for our lives, what is God's plan for our day. And we become very self-centered. The Lord gives us life, and think about this, God is the one who allows us to be born. A friend of mine that's pastoring, he's actually one of my former students, he's, he's not a, uh, an older gentleman, he's still fairly young, but he's, he comes from a family, his dad was a missionary for many years and started a couple churches, not only out of the country, but a few up 
uh, in the Detroit area and a few other places in, in the United States, but he and his wife have four boys, uh, very young boys, and his wife was to, have, uh, to give birth to their fifth child, and it was another boy. And she was about 30, if I remember right, 36, 37 weeks along. And, uh, and so she went in, was having some complications, and God chose that they would not have that fifth son. And I've watched him and his wife and how he's continued to pastor his church. He's continued to preach the word of God. He's continued on social media to say nothing but positive Nothing about how thankful he is to God. And, and we understand, we who know the Lord, that even though they may never be able to raise that son for the Lord, they know where that son is. And one day they'll be reunited with that son. We ought to be thankful for every day that God gives to us because God gives us life. He provides us with opportunities. Listen, opportunities, when I think about all the things that God has allowed me to do as a Christian. When I, when I met my wife, I was a, a, a very vast traveler. I had been to Missouri, Illinois, and Iowa. Man, I had traveled the world, hadn't I? And I met my wife, and my wife, of course, her dad was in the Air Force, and she had traveled because of her dad. She had been to quite a few places, you know, and we used to laugh and talk about it. And, and as God began to give me opportunities, I've now been to all but about two of the states, and I've traveled out of the country. I would have never gotten to do any of that had it not been for opportunities that God has given to me. I think about pastoring, and this is the second church God's allowed me to pastor, and I think about other opportunities. I think about our children and so many things. And you could probably give a testimony of your life and all the opportunities that you have been afforded because of God's goodness in your life. See, God brings and gives us so many opportunities to live for him. And when I look at this Psalm 23, it states much about God's working in our lives and how God as our shepherd is leading and desires to lead in our lives. And when you and I, when we came to the place where we realized that we were lost in our sin, that we needed to be saved, at that moment of salvation, God begins in that new relationship we have with him, he begins to lead in our lives. It's a wonderful role. And by the way, it's one that some still struggle with because again, our lives many times are self-centered talked to the teenagers this morning about God's will, and I, I used as the greatest example the Lord Jesus Christ, who said many times while he was on this earth, it's not my will, but thine be done. Now, Jesus was God in the flesh, but yet he yielded what he wanted to do. And by the way, Jesus never wanted to do the things that we humanly want to do. But he always yielded to the Father's will. That's a great example for us to follow. It's not about what we want. It's about what God wants. Remember, the Bible tells us that you've been bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body, which is the Lord's. Your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. So, look, the only thing that we can do in a right sort of way 
is to let the Lord as our shepherd lead in our lives. And that's why I love how it begins in verse number one. The Lord is my shepherd. Is he your shepherd tonight? See, I remember the day as I, I was reminded of this verse recently in Revelation chapter 3 and verse 20. And, and really the context, it's not a lot of times used as a soul winning verse, but I love really the, 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 the idea here where the Bible says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. The Bible says, If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come in with him and sup with him and he with me. Now, really, the sad thing is, and this is true in America today, it's true really in the world, is that as you study the scriptures, this is in Revelation chapter 3, and in chapters 2 and 3 are those seven churches of Asia Minor. So when you look at the immediate context of Revelation 3.20, it's the Lord, think about this, standing outside his church, the one that he bought. The Bible says he purchased the church with his own blood. And it's sad that in many Christians' lives, because remember, church is not a building, it's the people of God. But he's standing outside, and all he wants to do is come in. If any man will open the door, I will come in. Hey, listen, why have church if we don't have the Lord here? This is his church. He says, I will build my church. So when we get saved, just like the Bible says here, what did we do? We opened the door to our heart and we let the Lord in. And as we think about that thought here tonight, from the moment we got saved and we became his child, we are the sheep of his pasture. I love the thought here. Notice, first of all, tonight, the provision for our days. Nobody can take care of us the way God can. I think about how I've known so many people who have cared for someone else and how much they love them and they tried to provide for them. But humanly speaking, many times we let people down. But when I think of the provision that God has for us, and I look at verse number six here tonight, Look what God says, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me. For how long? All the days of my life. I just, just think about that. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. The shepherd, the Lord, is leading. But if you notice that this verse number six, as he leads, something is following. Something's following the sheep. Specifically, God is giving to us, think about this, how, how wonderful God is in providing something for us. He gives us goodness, his goodness, and he gives mercy, his mercy to follow us. Now, what, is these, what are these provisions here? Well, goodness, in your notes there, is God's provision of the blessings that we do not deserve. You know, you think about the many blessings, and I guess we can name so many things. I think about my family. I think about my health. I think about friends. I think about a roof over my head. I think about so many things that are things that, honestly speaking, 
we really don't deserve. But because of God's goodness, God provides those blessings in our lives. And God says, look, not only am I going to provide goodness to follow you all the days of your life, but I'm also going to provide mercy. Mercy is God's withholding of the punishment that we do deserve. See, there are some things that we don't deserve, and there are some things that we do deserve. And according to the scriptures, based on what the Bible says, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. There's none righteous, no, not one. Our righteousness is as filthy rags. There's nothing good about us. You know, when God saved us, he didn't get much. You see, when you look in the Bible, God is withholding his punishment, his judgment, because we deserve to die in our sins. We deserve to go to a Christless hell. We deserve to perish forever. But the Bible says God is not willing that any would perish. Did you hear that? God wants everyone to come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. The Bible says to the uttermost. Jesus died for everyone. God so loved the world, the Bible says. But yet we deserve to die in our sins. We deserve to be separated from God for all of eternity. But I love the fact that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for our sins. That's mercy. See, and look here. You say, well, I, I just don't have much. I'll tell you what you do have, child of God. You have God's goodness and God's mercy following you all the days of your life. That's a wonderful thought this evening. Listen, if you don't get anything else out of the service, take that with you tonight that as you go, God's goodness and God's mercy is following you, not just today, but all the days of your life. So we look at God's provision for our days. Notice as we even talked this morning about the passing of our days. And the Bible says, again, in Psalm 90, in verse number 9, the Bible says, for all our days are passed away in thy wrath. We spend our years as a tale that is told the days of our years are three score years and ten, and if by reason of strength they be fourscore, yet is their strength labor and sorrow, for it is soon cut off and we fly away. Who knoweth the power of thine anger? Even according to thy fear, so is thy wrath. So look, at God says, teach us to number our days so that we may apply our hearts to, to wisdom. The Bible says, return O Lord, how long, and let it repent thee concerning thy servants. O satisfy us early with thy mercy, that we may rejoice and be glad all of our days. Make us glad according to the days wherein thou hast afflicted us, and the years wherein we have seen evil. Did you notice five times from verse number 9 to verse number 15, five times we see the word days. Again, remember that God makes much of the days. The Bible says our life is as a tale to be told. If you, if you ever look and, and you go to a cemetery, you'll see someone's name, and underneath of it, you'll see two dates. You'll see the year they were born and the year they died. And what's interesting is between those two years, there's a dash. 
That dash represents a person's life. Over the years we traveled and uh, as we were doing ministry, especially up in the New England area, I uh, got up there a couple times and, and it wasn't like a pastime, but there were a few times where we just happened to be passing by maybe a cemetery and they said that so-and-so was famous person was laid to rest there or something like that. Or as we were passing out, I might have saw a sign or something, and we'd pull over. And we did that just a few times. But, you know, it's amazing. Some of those cemeteries, you'd go in there, and you'd see some people who lived such long lives, three score and ten, four score, more than four score. And then there were times where we would get into cemeteries, and there would be a whole row, and it would be a family. And it was one after another, little bitty, little bitty markers, and it gave that they were born on this day. And like two days later, they passed away. And then there was another child next to it that just lived a couple days. And then another child. I saw that many times. And, it, and really, a lot of it had to do with many years ago. They didn't have a lot of the medical things that they have now and some of the things that they're able to do to save. I know when our oldest daughter was born in the condition that she had, the doctor told me, he said, Mr. Keel, I just want you to know, 10 years before your daughter was born, children died from what your daughter had. I remember thinking to myself, thank you, Lord, that we lived when we do, and my daughter has been able to live now all these many years and now has given birth to four healthy children. I think about the passing of our days and how the Lord wants us to consider our days. Look, I think a lot of times, look, it, it, have you kind of fallen into that routine? You, you get up, you eat, you go to work, you come home, you eat, you go to bed, you get up again and do it all over again. It's easy, is it not, to get into that routine? To where life really doesn't have much of a meaning. Doesn't really have a purpose. But what does God say to us in his word? He says, teach us to number our days. Make much out of the days that I've given you. And, and think about, consider your days. Every day we should recognize how God cares for us. How God takes care of us in our lives. Think about all the things that God has done for us. And listen, if nothing else... We just talked about two of the greatest provisions that he's given to us, and that is his goodness and his mercy. And I don't know about you, but when I think about all that God has done for me, here's my thought. What can I do for him? I read that verse this morning out of Romans chapter number 12, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable, the word is logikos. It's just logical. He saved you from a devil's hell. It's just logical that we should do something for him who's done so much for us. Folks, we could not save ourselves. There's nothing we could do to merit salvation. So when I think about our days, look, I don't know how much longer God's going to give but I know this, back when God saved me at the age of 20, I didn't know much about the Bible. I don't really know much about the Bible now, but I know a little bit more than I did back then. And I remember hearing about three score, three score and 10. And I thought, 
somewhere in my 20s, I thought, you know, God, if you allow me to live three score years, 60, one-third of my life has been wasted. And I've tried to keep that in front of myself all these years. Now, what's been on my mind probably in the last, I don't know, maybe a couple years is this. I'm getting closer to three score. In three years, I'll be there. I, I don't know if God will give me three score and ten or not. But listen, it doesn't matter how many years God gives me. I want to number my days. I want to make the most out of the days that God has given. Why? Because my days are passing. I mean, Brother Gilbert, I, I don't know how many times we had this conversation. I th really think he thought he was dying for the past 20-some years. I, I, I was starting to call him the ever-ready bunny, you know? I mean, he just, I think he defied everything, humanly speaking. I think the only thing that kept him going was the Lord. Brother Adam told me, and I, I was never there, but I, I know that not only Adam, but other people told me that, Adam said, you know, the one thing I'm going to miss the most, Pastor, he says, I'm going to miss every morning hearing Brother Gilbert sing to the Lord in the house. I, I heard this many times, how he'd get up every morning with all of his aches and with the cancer and all the things that he was dealing with, and he would get up and he would sing to the Lord. And if you know Brother Gilbert, I mean, again, no disrespect, but listen, we got him in the choir once or twice, but he really didn't want to be in the choir. It was one of those he did it because pastor asked him to. But I'll tell you what, he loved to sing for the Lord. And I love the fact that, that listen, he just determined that he was going to number his days. He knew that God may not keep him here much longer. And he, he, he wasn't going to be like so many nowadays who, who honestly talk about doing something for the Lord tomorrow, but tomorrow never comes. The Bible reminds us in Proverbs 27, 1, look at it. Boast not thyself of tomorrow, for thou knowest not what a day may bring forth. Look, tomorrow may never come. I'm not trying to discourage anyone tonight. I, as a matter of fact, I'm trying to encourage you. Say, Lord, what can I do for you? What can I do for you today? What can I do for you tomorrow? And look, with no warning, that's what we see from the Word of God, is that our days, the days of our lives, they suddenly come to an end. I don't know, again, I don't know how much longer the Lord will give, but I know this, that our days are passing. See, God has given us provision for our days, but our days are passing. And then notice thirdly tonight, we need to have a plan. What's the plan for our days? I can't plan your day. But I know this, the Lord has given us some things that should help us. And when you consider your life, I think, look, a lot of us would say this is true, that there have been many great things that have gone undone. Why? Because we plan to do them someday. Just like even being a husband. I mean, most wives, us guys joke about this, most wives, whether it's written down or not, they have a honeydew list. You know, some long list, whether it's in her mind or on a piece of paper. And we have good intentions. We're going to do that someday. Do you know a lot of Christians are the same way? When it comes to serving the Lord, when it comes to doing something for the Lord. I'm going to do that. I'll get around to that. And there's a lot of great things that never happen because 
we planned to do them someday, and that day never come. And I wonder how many great things could have been done in your life, in my life, in the life of this church, in churches in America, among believers in our nation, had we just had a plan and carried out that plan and done what God had put in our hearts. I think many times whenever the Word of God goes forth in a service. Listen, I never make light of any service because honestly, it could be the one service that God gets a hold of your heart. And I wonder how many times the Holy Spirit of God has taken His Word and applied it to our lives. And we knew God was talking to us, that God was putting His finger on something. I've had people come up to me, and I've even done this myself to maybe a preacher or my pastor. People have come up to me and say, Pastor, I, how did you know that about me? I, I never told anybody that. I'm like, well, until you said that, I didn't know it either. But that's the Holy Spirit of God. When the Holy Spirit speaks to us, look here, obey every impulse of the Holy Spirit of God. When God speaks to you, God convicts you, God does something in your heart, then act upon that. Whatever it is that God instructs us to do, but many times we're convicted in our hearts and we intend to act upon it, but then here's what happens is that thought soon leaves us. You know, over the years, and I, I can't say that it's happened here, but over the years I know that many times I've seen like we do here, our teenagers will go off to camp. And I'm glad that they can take a week of their summer and go off to camp. Some of our graduates are even here tonight, and they've done this, and, and they come back. And I know it's, look, it's, honestly, it's a nerve-wracking time when, when you have to stand in front of these adults and talk about how God worked on, in your heart during camp, and God spoke to you about this and about that. And, and listen, we don't do it to put the teens on the spot. We do it so that we, as a church, as a family, can pray for them, get behind them, support them. But many times what they do is they say, God, God dealt with me about this and I want to quit doing this and I want to start reading this and whatever. And they might say how God spoke to them. And a lot of times in our minds, we think this, well, I wonder how long that's going to last. We'll see where he's at in a year. Instead of saying, boy, listen, I want to pray for that young man. I want to pray for that young lady that whatever it was God has dealt with them about, that they would act upon that. And, and look, we must act every day upon what we hear from God and what we receive from God's word. And how does that happen? What, what kind of plan can we have for our days? Let me give you three things that hopefully you're doing, maybe you're not, but if listen, if you've grown lax in some of these, let me encourage you, get back to these. Here's the first one. Pray each day. Pray each day. When I think about this matter of prayer, look, you, you and I, we can't afford to live one day without prayer. Prayer is how we communicate with God. It's the avenue with which God has intended that we would boldly come before His throne, make our petitions, our requests known to Him. And, and I get it. Sometimes people say, well, he's God. He knows everything. Why should I have to go to him? You're missing the whole point. He wants us to come to him. He wants us to bring our request. 
Billy Sunday, the great evangelist of, of days gone by, he said, if you are a stranger to prayer, you are a stranger to the greatest source of power known to human beings. We need to make sure that we are praying every day. Somebody said, pray on it, pray over it, pray through it. When's the last time you did that? You prayed on something. You prayed over something, and then you pray through it. Oswald Chambers said, we tend to use prayer, is this not true, as a last resort. He said, but God wants it to be our first line of defense. See, as our days are passing, God has provided his goodness and mercy to follow us. But the plan that we should have for the days that God has given to us is we need to make sure we're praying every day. Secondly, we need to be perusing our Bible every day. Perusing. Remember the old yellow page ad, let your fingers do the walking, right? Was that yellow pages? Pretty sure it was. You know, that's what we need to do with our Bibles. Peruse our Bible. Read Read our Bible. I, I'm excited. Jay's in college, and, and, and I'm praying that the Bible, like so many, the Bible doesn't just become another textbook. That's easy to happen in a Bible college. But here's the thing is, is that we need to make sure we're reading our Bible every day. Some people, I've been guilty. Oh, i got to read my chapter a day. i got to read my five chapters a day. But here's the thought is, when you finish your Bible reading, ask yourself this question. What did I get out of it? See, it's not the quantity, how much you read. You know, it's easy. Yeah, I read 50 chapters in the Bible today. What did you get out of it? Now, everybody approaches the scriptures differently, but here's the thought is, you need to be reading it. Why? Because it's God's Word. As we read it, listen, we need to understand that God gave His Word as food for our soul. It's what helps us. I love the many descriptions of the Word of God. It's honey. It's bread. It nourishes our soul. Look, nothing else can feed us the way that God's Word can. We need God's word more than our necessary food. Understand that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. And we need a daily dose of God's word if we're going to stay spiritually healthy. There's a lot of Christians today, listen to me, that are weak and anemic. And it's not that they've never read the Bible, it's just that they've got away from reading it every day. It doesn't take long, does it? I know the older I get, physically speaking, that from time to time, my wife or I'll, I'll, I'll do some job, some chore or something, and I'll use some muscles that I forgot that I had. But I haven't used them in quite a while, bro, Tim. And so for like the next three days, I'm like, oh, and you know, it's, listen, it is so easy to get out of the 
habit to get off the plan of reading the Word of God. Every year, what do we do? We challenge, we encourage you to read through your Bible in a year. And honestly, that's not a, that's not a hard thing to do. The hard part is to stay at it every day. But here's the thing is, if you miss a day, then get right back into it the next day. But if you miss a day, it's easy to miss two. Before long, it's been a week since you've had any spiritual food for your soul. See, not only praying every day, but reading our Bible, perusing through the Word of God, a life built on God's Word is a life that will stand through every season. Remember, God's Word is what helps us. It gives us strength to face the battles of the day. The more you read the Bible, the more you will love its author. <laughs> Folks, it's God's Word. So when you read it, guess who you're finding more out about? God. Because He wants you. He has preserved His Word to our generation so that we can know more about Him. See, we need to be praying each day. That needs to be part of our plan. We need to be perusing God's Word every day. Read the Bible. And then thirdly, look at this. We need to be praising the Lord every day. You know, in his own way, that's what Brother Gilbert was doing. Praising the Lord. I'm sure Brother Adam could say there were times he wasn't singing on key. You know? Guess what? There's many times I don't sing on key. But you know, we need to be a people that every day we're praising God from who all blessings flow. Thank God for all the things that he's done for us. When I think about even what we've talked about, how God's given his goodness and his mercy to follow us all the days of our lives. You know, it's real easy, humanly speaking, to where we can become very negative and very ungrateful people, right? That's easy to do. We can see the worst in things and in people. Boy, just negative, negative, negative. We're always finding something to complain about. Folks, that's not praising the Lord. That's always finding bad things. And look, let everything, the Bible says, everything that hath breath, praise the Lord. Last time I checked, I'm looking around. I think you guys are all breathing. And the Bible says we need all, every day of our lives, Praise the Lord for what he's done for us. And when you praise the Lord, I like what somebody said, you leave the enemy no room to work. You know, the devil's going to say, well, I'm, I'm not going to get very far with this person. And he'll go find somebody else that's got a critical and complaining and a bitter spirit. You see, we need to be people that are praising the Lord every day. Thomas Watson said, praising God is one of the highest and purest acts of religion. In prayer, we act like men. But he says, in praise, we act like angels. That's what the angels do. They praise the Lord. Hey, listen, man is the crown of God's creation. And if anyone should be praising God, it should be us. And this psalm, when I look at it, he's talking here about the passing of our days. And our days go by so swiftly. I don't, I don't know where you're at in life, but again, when I think of my own life, I probably have spent more days than I have left. I'd have to live to be 100 and, 
14 years old. I don't think I'm going to make it that far. I don't want to make it that far. But when you consider your life, maybe you're like me. You've spent more than you really have left. And I think when I think of this message here tonight, I hope it kind of brings maybe just the thought, maybe a sense of urgency to you that you and I need to think about. God says, teach us to number our days. Think about how you're going to spend your days. Look, it's not, it, our days are not like a currency, but you can determine what you're going to do with each day God gives to you. How are you going to spend them? You know, I think about that prodigal son. The Bible says he took what his father gave to him and he went and he wasted it. Don't let your life be something that God gives to you and you waste it. Let it be something that is pleasing to the Lord. Would you bow your heads with me tonight? Just a simple message on this Sunday evening. I think about this passage here and how God says, I'll tell you what, I'm going to I'm going to give you a couple things, a couple provisions that I believe will help you. Now, he's leading us. There's no doubt. By the way, if he's not the one leading, then you and I need to get out of the way and let him lead because the Lord is my shepherd. But he says at the end of the psalm, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. God's given us some wonderful provisions, things that we deserve and some things we do not deserve. And then we think about our years, or God considers our days and how our days are passing. Again, I'm not trying to depress anyone, but all of us know that we're not getting any younger. Your heart tonight on this Sunday night, going into a new week, ought to be, I want to make every day count for the Lord. Well, how are we going to do that? We've got to have a plan. And the plan of the days that we have left are to pray every day, read our Bible every day, and praise the Lord every day. Lord, I pray that you bless this simple message tonight and this time of just thinking about our lives. Lord, may it just bring the reality home instead of us just living and then one day having regrets of things that we always wanted to do, we planned to do, but we never got around to for the Lord. God, I pray that our lives would bring honor and glory to you. Bless this invitation. As the piano plays, would you stand tonight on this Sunday